Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? Alright, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Streaming Wastelands. Today we're talking about 2017 Sex Guaranteed on Hulu. And with me today, we've got Greg. Say hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. Every week. Hell yeah. You been up to anything to, uh, this week, Greg? Oh, I'll tell you what I've been fucking up to. I've been dealing with Peacock's fucking bullshit app. They, I don't know who, it's probably an AI, so I'm probably just ranting at a robot that will eventually rise up and destroy me. But whoever classifies movies for needs to be fucking fired or needs to be forced to watch the movies that they're fucking classifying or at least scroll through them. So I'm in the comedy section. Trigger warning for what I'm about to say. The movie Tattoo of Revenge comes up and I'm like, that doesn't sound like a a comedy. I go and look at the movie info and the synopsis is in the violent and unruly Mexico City of the 1990s, victims of sexual assault look to revenge through Ada, a mysterious vigilante who seduces drugs and brands the abusers with tattoos does that sound like a comedy is that fucking hilarious to anybody right like oh yo yo at least they survived and now this guy's got a tattoo it sounds like it's not even classified on rotten tomatoes it's a drama or a mystery thriller but fucking peacock tosses it in their fucking comedy section and so many of the fucking movies they must categorize by the fact that somebody told them there was a joke in it and they're like oh if there's a joke it's comedy toss it in there right it could be literally somebody falling down and hitting their balls and they'd be like oh it's a comedy you know fuck uh, it wow i yeah. remember you telling me that you were you were going through that and i didn't i didn't register that it was that bad because i remember you telling me that there were some things there that you're like why is this in this wow Dude, yeah, they they have no fucking clue. I would not be surprised if I get to the crime and thrillers and it's like Austin Powers, <laughs> you know? Oh, you know, he's a spy. Technically, there's a plot, so it's a thriller. Fucking, I don't know. Like, between that and then their bullshit about, like, I told you a few weeks ago I was, when I went to go start going through Peacock, I couldn't actually load all of their movies in some of the categories. And their mm-hmm. bullshit about asking me for a DX Diag to see if it was my operating system or my hardware and i'm like why would my hardware make your web page unable to load do you think i'm running this on a pentium 3 do you think i bought this computer from the guy who's like dude you got a dell no <laughs> this computer has been built in the last 10 years but and then three days later everything was working i'm like oh shit i guess my hardware magically changed i forgot that in those three days i completely rebuilt this so that i could run chrome dude <laughs> If I didn't like The Office so much and Parks and Rec and a couple other shows that I can get elsewhere, but mostly on Peacock, I would definitely not have this. I would have unsubscribed in a fit of rage. I'm I'm very upset with them. Speaking of a fit of rage, did you ever hear back from Hulu about the Buddy Games refund? No, man. They never got back to me. And every time I've contacted them about something, they just kind of blow me off at this point. Of course. So I, I think that, you know, they were like, we're not giving this joker anything. Fuck him. <laughs> One day when we have tons of fans, we should just class action them. Oh, <laughs> dude, just, I, was- I mean, we can't really sue them. We can't sue them for putting a movie up that we chose to watch. Right. But it'd be a class action boycott. You owe us all back 26 cents for this fucking movie. 
And then watch me accidentally office space them and take a hundred million dollars from them. <laughs> you know, if we get enough followers, I would love to go ahead and do that actually. Cause uh, I do feel like they owe us. Cause that movie is horrible. Dude, we should do one of those commercials, right? <laughs> Have you or any of your loved ones watched the buddy games? You may be entitled to compensation. <laughs> Come to the law firm of streaming wasteland. We're two definitely not lawyers who are barely coherent. Most days we'll help you get back enough money that you won't even notice. <laughs> We just see what we do is we just get big enough that we can hire a legal eagle to go ahead and I don't want to be in one of his videos like these two dipshits tried to hire me. <laughs> He's like, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and ring them for every dollar that I can get. <laughs> no, yeah, they, they haven't gotten back to me and I, I highly doubt I'm gonna hear from them. <laughs> they keep just I have a feeling they have me set to to spam every time I, I contact them. <laughs> that's that's how Hulu's been going. Other than that, this week I've been doing Dishonored and it's funny that you mentioned branding people. I just branded the, the regent in Dishonored, so he got, you know, ostracized. And then shortly after that I went and watched a Alita Battle Angel, which by the way if you haven't watched Alita Battle Angel, you've got to watch it. It's such a great movie. It is actually really good. I was surprised by that movie. Right. And I hope that they're able to go ahead and get enough momentum to go ahead and put a second movie out. The directors say that no matter how long it takes, they're going to go ahead and get one going. But I mean, I would hope to see it before I die. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But we all know you're not going to live that long. Uh, yeah, you know, sleep apnea is going to get me. Oh, I don't think it's even going to be that. Like, we'll blame it on that, right? But we're all <laughs> going to know deep down inside. It's going to be one of those things where mm -hmm. 20 years from now, we're all going to be like, and then, well, we all know what happened to Ringo. Mm -hmm. And then everyone's going to go quiet and they'll be like, who wants ice cream? <laughs> See, I'm just putting out the plausible den deniability out for everybody that's involved. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, before we dive in real quick, I do want to give a shout out to the Let's Talk Horror channel. I've been I've been following their Twitter for a minute now. They seem pretty uh, pretty chill. I like what they go ahead and put out. All right. So, 2017 Sex Guaranteed. I know I've said that about three times now, but I just this movie. Uh, I've <laughs> this was on Hulu. There was not a rating for this, but the guess that we came up with is R for drugs, suicide, explicit sexual language, and brief nudity. Just to give you guys a slight trigger warning there. Kevin has sworn off sex to win back his former fiance when he meets a beautiful escort named Zade. Over the course of, legend of a legendary party, Zade just might pro uh, provide the spark that his heartbroken idealist needs to turn his life around. This movie is starring Gray Damon, Bella Dane, Stefan Dorf, Dan Fogler, and James DeBello. Trigger warning. For drugs, suicide ideation, some brief nudity, and a lot of language. The quick synopsis. Kevin, played by Gray Damon, believes his penis is cursed and thus has sworn off sex. He also believes in his dream of opening a trampoline park in a warehouse. And one day, when he's working on a roof, he meets Hank, an eccentric millionaire played by Stephen Dorff, who takes an interest in getting Kevin laid. Kevin politely refuses, but Hank persists, hiring Zade, played by Bella Dane, to have sex with, with Kevin. From there, Kevin has to find a way to keep his cursed dick under control, while also dealing with this call girl and his new rich but crazy friend. That being said, I have to say, you know, this movie could have been really, really good if they had stuck with. From there, Kevin has to find a way to keep his cursed dick under control. <laughs> yep. 
Or this movie could have been really, really good if they had gone with the idea that it was just all in his mind and it's not actually cursed, but that he doubts himself and, you know, maybe finds some confidence. But instead, it took both of our suggestions and smashed them together and then took the worst parts of each of them and made them into a movie. Yeah. And it made a very weird movie. It wasn't just bad. It was weird bad. Yeah, this is a movie that almost feels like um, there's a there's a phrase I've picked up from sports blogs about uh, people like to smell their own farts. It's usually in reference to coaches that are too clever. They either put in weird personnel or call strange plays or try tricks and stuff because they're so confident it would work and it backfires. And they, you know, we call them people who like to smell their own farts, right? They're real fart sniffers. This movie kind of feels like that, but it also feels like a movie that there are you could tell that the actors and actresses were not necessarily comfortable with the dialogue they were given, not in the subject matter, but it's just not the way they would naturally say it. And given time and energy, or I guess time, not even energy, but given some time, they might have been able to work the dialogue a little bit so that it sounded more natural coming from them. But I think a big strike in this movie is you could tell that each like each of the lines, it might have been the third or fourth time all the actors were reading them. They didn't have time to get familiar in these characters to get comfortable, and it clearly is a movie that didn't have any time for reshoots. So what we got is what we got. I think my guess would be that every time a scene went off without any crazy hitches or background issues, they probably just kept it and they edited together what we had. And I'll give it credit. The story is coherent from start to finish. It's just not a good story. It's not one yeah. of those movies where you're like, oh, they're they're missing a bunch of stuff. Uh, I guess the only thing this quote unquote comedy movie is missing is jokes. But there's there's a few in there that I think are, are kind of funny. There's a couple times when Kevin is drinking with his friends and they're like, so curse Medusa dick. And <laughs> that made me laugh. Or when they asked him, like, do you believe that your dick has been cursed by witches or there's like paranormal activity hanging around down there? And all of that was in the beginning of the movie. And I was like, OK, maybe there's some maybe there's some jokes coming up. You know, and then they just stopped doing that. And it turned into a very straightforward romance pseudo road trip movie. With a lot of women are lesser than the than the main characters. Yeah, there's a real theme of misogyny through here, but I think even even more so than misogyny because they try to redeem the idea of well, the idea of women. That sounds horrible, but more along the lines of they try to walk back what they've said about women, but what they keep in is the real negative connotation on sex work. They do not. The writers of this movie and maybe the actors of this movie have a real low view of sex work. And it it took this movie from being something that I was like, maybe it's just not for me. It's kind of cute, but whatever. To like as they kept harping on it, I was like, well, this movie fucking sucks. I can't really I can't I can't say somebody watched this movie because a third of the dialogue that Kevin has is basically shitting on Zade for being a call girl when she could be something else. Now, when he calls her a bored tourist because she's from a rich family and she's playing Zade's not her real name and she is, you know, basically assuming the role of a call girl because she likes to have sex. I thought that was maybe an interesting argument, right? Because I guess you could take a look at like are sex workers supposed to have come from X, Y, or Z background? Is there is there no room? Are you less authentic of a sex worker if you have come from somewhere of wealth, blah, blah, blah? Maybe there was some room for debate there. But then she basically says, well, fuck you, and drives off. And so I was like, well, I mean, that's also a fine response, I suppose. Yeah, yeah so I'm glad that you noticed that too, because I was 
starting to feel like, you know, Kevin was really leading on, like, I don't like sex workers, but I like Kevin seems like the sort of person that when he's not worried about his supposedly cursed dick that, you know, kills people, apparently, that he probably goes ahead and like buys every OnlyFans that he'd ever come across. Right. Um, that being said, one joke that, that I wanted to point out that kind of got me giggling a little bit was whenever Hank was talking about Kevin being on the roof and working on fixing the roof, Dan Fogler was sitting next to him, or Carl, and Carl says, you shouldn't be giving people roofies, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That one got me to giggle a bit. Again, but, uh, right in the beginning. Yeah, and... I, don't, I think there was another joke later on in the movie, but I don't really remember because I think that I, I don't think I felt I don't think I left other than like the opening couple of minutes, like you said, and then maybe one other time throughout the movie. Because, I mean, this movie was so weird and heavy on just certain aspects. I felt so weird that Hank was like, I'm going to get this guy late. I'm going to get this guy late. I'm going to get this guy late. And Kevin's like, nah, man, I'm good. And he's like, yeah, well... You're going to sleep with her because I paid her $1,000. Yeah, it was a weird setup. I suppose to to get a little bit into detail about this, the whole hook of the movie does revolve around Kevin is trying to get back with his uh, ex-fiance, who, as we learned, fell victim to the curse of his dick. We'll get we'll touch on that in just a moment. But the other he's trying to open this trampoline park and they tell you a thousand times in this movie that trampolining is one of the fastest growing sports in America. It was even featured in Delta magazine or whatever the fuck. Right. And, and I'm not joking. It comes up like 10 times, but he's hustling for money because he's taken out the money alone against his house to be able to open this place and so he needs to get people in so that he can buy trampolines and stuff. And so when he meets Hank, Hank is first and foremost concerned about getting him laid but secondly offers kind of as a final pale mary gives him eighty thousand dollars to to open the park right it's a check for you know a lot of money at first it was an iou written on an arm i thought that was kind of funny but not funny enough to actually laugh i was kind of like <laughs> mm-hmm. but so this whole thing is there's and if you're trying to contrast this you're like wait why are they talking about business investments when they were just talking about how this movie hates sex workers yeah this is layered conversation very very much of the movie takes place in a car with the three of them chit-chatting or in the second half of the movie just zade and kevin chit-chatting hank gets arrested and goes to jail that was the time i laughed when the the cocaine fell out of his sleeve right after he <laughs> right after he got away with you know getting away with stuff with the cops and then he shakes their hand and the coke falls out of the sleeve i was like that's that's pretty funny but it's a mess of a movie and these interwoven plots don't really work together especially since at the end of the movie we do see the trampoline world's a success but we never actually learn where the fuck anything is we don't know where we are in this movie i was confused a quarter of the time i was like so this town th- this city has a rundown warehouse district and then another district with mega mansions and then another district with old money plantation style homes and it's got a a deserty area at one point but then the rest of the city is pretty green i was like is this la is that what we're supposed to believe is is this new orleans i couldn't tell nobody has an accent besides bella dane who has the weirdest accent i don't know what she was going for it's it's a mess of a movie and like i said i i can't really understand what the point of it was but we should talk about this cursed dick real quick real quick real quick i want to i want to go ahead and say real quick i think i know where it is new zealand Oh, you think it's in New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> well, we would have gotten a film in the middle of it about how amazing New Zealand is. <laughs> yeah, but New Zealand has everything, right? For no reason. Yeah, but 
we didn't well one we didn't see any inns in this movie oh, so shit never mind and two i saw no hunky men taking off their shirts so you for know, me cons- this is the worst part of new zealand my conspiracy kind of falls flat when you point that out never mind i'll take yeah. that back but yeah so we learn literally i believe in the first scene of the movie that kevin believes his dick is cursed and he's trying to not have sex to keep it under control the three things he points to for his dick being cursed are one, the first time he masturbated, the challenger shuttle exploded. That's pretty funny to me Two, the second, the first time he had sex or one of the first times he had sex with his girlfriend when he was a teenager, she apparently had ovarian cysts and they ruptured. And then the third time his cursed dick got him in trouble is he was at the bachelor, the joint bachelor bachelorette party that he and his ex fiance had thrown in the, at a strip club and he was getting a blowjob from a stripper and somehow that's his dick's fault. And even though Zaid kind of calls him out, he never fucking owns up to the fact that, yeah, he's the asshole, right? She's like, you're not cursed. You're a narcissist. He's like, no, you're, you're a tourist. And then they get in a fight and then it's just resolved. Well, to make it even worse, Zaid calls him out and then within the, the same breath goes, let me fuck you. Yeah. Like you, you, yeah, you don't call true. someone out and then go ahead and appraise them in the same fucking sentence. <laughs> when when Greg calls me out, he calls me out and he lets me go ahead and cry for about three or four days, and then he slaps me upside the head and says, "Get over it." No, and then I say, "Let me fuck you." Yeah, <laughs> and then he says, "Get over it." But yeah, this this whole vibe of him being this entrepreneur is weird. It's it almost feels like they felt like they needed yet another reason for the movie to work honestly if they had just been like hey you know like isn't this hank's house hank the crazy millionaire huh okay i'm gonna go inside and get a drink and then they just meet and that's it right maybe the millionaire is just known for being crazy fine yeah because trampolines are the the fastest rising (laughs) you got any more fun facts about trampolines you want to oh you want you want you want some fun facts okay so trampolines were invented in 1936 by george neeson uh, and Larry Griswold. They were inspired by the trapeze artists and safety nets, and they were they used to be called jumpolines till your mom got on one. <laughs> got him. Greg wrote, wrote the last part. I'm going to give him that credit. <laughs> I won't take it. Well, I'm pretty sure I stole that off the internet somewhere years ago. So I wouldn't have said that. Just make it yours. Just tell, the, <laughs> no. tell our audience that it's yours, man. Come on. No, no. No, I definitely stole that from somewhere. You'll know my original jokes because three people laugh at them instead of five. Uh, yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. I suppose we should also talk a little bit about Hank here, just real quick. Hank, Stephen Dorff's character, is supposed to be this eccentric millionaire in the movie. He has the more sombering story of them because you start off seeing this guy basically coked out of his mind, and he's coked out of his mind for most of the movie. He apparently lost his wife, and not like she died, but she left him, and he's broken up about this. And we're not ever really sure. I don't think they say exactly what happened, but it's kind of what spurs him to help Kevin. That's his underlying character motivation is that, you know, he lost something. And so the, the least he could do is get Kevin laid. And then when he finds out that Kevin has an ex fiance, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I'll give you the money for this trampoline park so that you can go show her that you're a real man. Now at the end of the movie though, we find out that Kevin has been, or that Hank has been planning to commit suicide but once he and 
once he got Kevin and his his ex fiance back together. And so the end of the movie has this really weird tonal shift where they are trying to save Hank from hanging himself off the the top of his mansion, but also somehow make it lighthearted. And I don't really think there's a good way to do lighthearted suicide prevention. It it sounds weird just to say as I'm saying it. I don't think. I think that a lot of things can be funny. I'd say that I have a, a relatively dark sense of humor. I'm not trying to compete with anybody. So please don't put horrible shit in the comments and then be like, lol, it's a joke. But I think that I can find things that people don't necessarily find funny, funny. And I think when done right, just about anything can be funny. I think this is one of those areas where it would be pretty tough to pull off a good suicide prevention joke. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I was like thinking about it and it felt weird watching the scene because we had Kevin right next to Hank and uh, Zade walking up the, the road. And then they're talking about, you know, we won't have sex if you commit suicide, but if you come down off the roof, we will have sex. It was just so the whole setup was weird because it's like the only thing that Hank is living for is for Kevin to have sex. Yeah, it's super weird. Yeah. If you want to go ahead and do like an actual good thing, Hank, go ahead and, I don't know, adopt a child. Uh, you got a shit ton of money. Go fix up the the warehouse district in, in your city. Maybe open up some jobs or something. I don't know. Yeah. Build, do, do the thing millionaires are supposed to do, right? Well, millionaires create jobs for everybody because that's yeah. definitely true. Yeah. Actually be one that does that. Don't worry about some, you know, person that's having or not having sex unless of course unless of course their dick is actually cursed by a witch and then i want to see that movie and have it have 80s gore factor where his dick gets revealed and it turns out that it's actually skeletor inside his pants or something like that (laughs) that would be funny i would appreciate that I was hoping, so the end of this movie, right after they talk Hank off the roof, they do go and have sex, Kevin and Zayd, and then she's like, see, your dick isn't cursed, and then the doorbell rings, and he falls down the stairs, Kevin falls down the stairs, and I was really, really hoping that he was going to die right there, because I thought that would be the funniest possible ending to this movie, is that they're like, see, your dick isn't cursed, and they've led all of us, the, the viewers, everybody to believe that he wasn't cursed, but if he falls down the stairs and dies, that would have been the funniest shit to me. That would have been one of, you talk your buddy out of committing suicide, you, you finally get the girl, you guys have sex, you might actually be in a real relationship now. This might be the big one, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then you just fall down the stairs and die <laughs> because you're wearing a bathrobe and you're trying to get to the door real quick. And I was like, that would have actually been at least a funny ending. But instead, he's fine. And then you know the movie ends, and you're just he- like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> so this whole thing was just him blaming something else for him cheating on his fiance. I don't know. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I thought the same damn thing. I was like, if it, you know, if it had ended right as his head hit that bottom floor and you just hear Zade go, oh, end it, just end it right there. I would, oh man, I would be like, you know what? If you can get past the misogyny in this movie, this movie ends on a high note. Yeah, that that would have been it. But as such, I can't recommend this movie. I think that if you want to watch a sex comedy, there is no shortage of movies out there that are better than this. In the same vein is the 40-year-old virgin, the classic, because it's about a dude who's 40 years old and still a virgin. And he even talks about the two, like the couple times he's tried, bad things have happened. Those things are funnier because one, you actually see them happen. And two, they're well-written and well-acted. 
Super Bad is a better sex comedy than this. I mean, American Pie, for all of its problems, probably a better sex comedy than this. So I don't see a real reason to put this movie on unless you're unless you're a big fan of Grey Damon. Or, or, hear me out. You go to my non-existent OnlyFans, which will be a hell of a lot more hilarious than this movie ever was. <laughs> I suppose if if you want to see cringe sex comedy, <laughs> you, can, you can watch Ringo do whatever he does on OnlyFans. Remember, it's going to be Jackie Chan, not 69, something, something, something. I don't remember what the first part of it was. I watched Robin Williams and Jackie Chan 69 <laughs> while sweating. On my jumpoline, which is a trampoline, because I am on it with my mom. <laughs> it's just going to be AI generated off of our podcast. Just kidding. You know your trampoline is called the Horoline. That is a trade secret because it's on the rise. Oh, I see. <laughs> is it? Has it been featured in Spirit Airlines magazine yet? <laughs> no, that's next week. Has it been featured on Greyhound Bus magazine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't watch this movie that that's my recommendation yeah, yeah, don't, just, don't watch this don't it's not worth it it's it <laughs> you you've got the whole entire story from what we're saying here sorry i'm struggling because you got me. okay the last thing i gotta add is stephen stephen door jesus christ stephen dorf played deputy the the lead character in deputy and i was a background character in that just saying other than that yeah don't why do you want to attach yourself to this terrible movie oh it's not this movie i'm attaching myself to (laughs) no you're like well this movie sucks and steven dorf is weird this movie is so weird misogynistic (laughs) also i know that guy (laughs) (laughs) i met him i was a background character we got bagels from the same place you know the story? Who told you? <laughs> you! Oh, damn it. <laughs> it. It was the first thing on your OnlyFans. <laughs> I-69, Robin Williams, Kevin Dorf. <laughs> oh, this OnlyFans is going to burn. <laughs> this AI-generated sentence is getting longer and longer. <laughs> oh, well, with that being said, this has been Streaming Wastelands, and I'm here to remind you that all we have to decide is what to do with the time that has, that is given to us. Greg, do you have anything else to add? Nope. All right. Greg, say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.